Blog Talk Radio.
mother would say, I got food on my table. Lord, I know that you're able. I can't even. said, I can't even count them all. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What a reality that is in my life. And I believe that's the reality in so many people's lives. Miracles upon miracles. You and I cannot even count them all if we really just take a moment and think about the miraculous power of God in our lives. You're listening to Reaching Out Radio International, and this is your Sister Pearl within the Word with Sister Pearl. God bless you. I welcome you, all of the different nations that are listening from around the world, all of our wonderful audience in so many places. I wish I had the opportunity to meet each and every one of you. But I just am so grateful to God that he has you here with us tonight, or whenever you happen to be listening on demand. I'd like to give a very special welcome and shout out to three nations that have just recently joined uh, our listening family, and that's the nation of Yemen, Jordan, and Estonia. So Yemen, Jordan, and Estonia, we welcome you to our growing, reaching out Radio International listening family. God bless you. We pray that as long as you continue to listen in, that you will be greatly blessed. We believe that you're going to be uh, nourished spiritually. You're going to be taught in the word of God. You're going to understand that God is real, that he loves you, and he has a tremendous plan for your life. 
You are not just um, an accident. You were not a mistake, but God ordained that you would be here and that you're even listening to this radio program. God bless you. I also want to give a special shout-out to our evangelist, Montel Fields. Thank you, woman of God, for obeying God and being the visionary behind this great ministry. And we see that the Lord is growing it. So we are so excited, and I'm happy to work along with you and all of our other hosts and hostesses. Well, tonight I'm going to talk about Miracle Worker. Last night we talked, last time that we met, last week we talked about Jesus being a way maker. And if you did not get an opportunity to listen to that broadcast, I invite you to please go and look for that broadcast that he is a way maker and he makes a way out of no way. He can literally make a way for you where there's not even a door for you to pass through. That's how great and how mighty our God is. And so tonight I'm going to talk about the Lord being the miracle worker. How many of you need miracles in your lives? I know if I were to see your hands that most of you would be raising your hands and you'd say along with me, Sister Pearl, I need a miracle in my life. Well, I tell you what, let's just pray to the Lord and dedicate this program to him. We invite his Holy Spirit to come and lead and guide this time together. Uh, We're not really interested in hearing from me uh, per se, but we want to hear from the Spirit of God. I just serve as one of his vessels. I just serve as an instrument that he will use in this next hour that we're together. But basically, my heart's desire is that we always hear from him. And he speaks through his people by his precious Holy Spirit. So join with me uh, in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful for this privilege that we can come again on Reaching Out Radio International and that you're blessing us with more nations joining the broadcast. We're so excited because we know that as more women, as more men, as more families, as more boys, as more girls, as more teens, as more people listen, more people are going to be set free uh, from the bondages of the enemy, and they're going to be liberated to walk in the newness that Christ offers each and every one of us that are willing to receive his great gift of salvation. So we are so excited, Lord God. Thank you for the new nations that have joined Reaching Out Radio International. We pray that they will be phenomenally blessed that many, many, many families within these three countries will be totally transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, fall, just just totally abandoned to your lordship and love you with all their hearts, Lord God, and that you would open up their minds and their hearts and their understanding so that they could know that there is God, a wonderful Savior who loves them, who is real, who is personable, who is caring, who is loving. And no one is as loving, as caring, as wonderful as our great God. And so, God, we thank you that you're going to touch all the various nations and all the continents that are listening from as far as Africa, Lord God, to 
as far as South America, Lord God, and all the other continents in between. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord God, because you have a great plan for your people, and you are indeed a miracle worker, and you desire to work miracles in the lives of your people. And so we dedicate this program to you, and we ask that you would be honored, that you would be exalted, that you would be glorified in everything that I would say, and that I would really be your mouthpiece, and that you would be blessed in what goes forth from this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're talking about miracle worker. Well, what does the word miracle really mean? I looked at the Oxford Dictionary, and according to that dictionary, the Oxford, it means a surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. So that's what miracle means according to the Oxford Dictionary. Another meaning that they give us is miracle is a highly improbable or extraordinary event, development, or accomplishment that brings very welcome consequences. So how many of you would be honest and say that that you've already been the recipient of a miracle? Because there have been things that have happened in your life that were not easily explained. It was something beyond the natural. It was something beyond the scientific laws. And it was a divine work of God. And a lot of us have have experienced a highly improbable and extraordinary event. Hmm. And God accomplished things for us that we know We know beyond a shadow of a doubt, there's no way that thing could have happened unless God sovereignly brought it about. And so that's what we're talking about, miracle worker. Tonight, I want to specifically talk about God being a miracle worker. Now, there are various types of miracles, and I want to go over one of those definitions again, a surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. And I can tell you that when a miracle is at work from the hand of God, it is the Holy Spirit that's working. Amen. So let's talk about the various types of miracles that we see in the Bible. Now, everything that is uh, miraculous that takes place in the Bible is supernatural. But I'm going to try to break down uh, a little bit of a supernatural miracle. Okay. So a supernatural miracle is a miracle that supersedes nature. In other words, it's a miracle that goes beyond the natural And I'm going to read a portion of scripture from the gospel according to Luke, the gospel according to St. Luke. So it's Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 17. Supernatural miracles, miracles 
Soon afterwards, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother. She was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, meaning the Lord Jesus, his heart went out to her and he said, don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bear. They They were carrying him on and the bearers stood still. He said, young man. I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. Again, that portion of scripture was taken from the gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 7, verses 11 through 17. Luke 7, 11 through 17. Now, can you imagine? Just think of it. There's, there's so much in this story. There's so much in this story. It's rich. And I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this one because we're going to look at some other miracles that were taking place in the Word of God, in the, in the Holy Bible. But this particular one, it, it, it's so full. It's so full of stuff. We can get so much information, and we can learn so much about the heart of God as we read this passage of Scripture. So, number one, Jesus being fully God, yet fully man, he, like you and I, he went into a town called Nain. He went into a town. And his disciples went with him. Now, he noticed that there was a, 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 you know, as he went to the approaching, coming close to the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. Now, we find out from this portion of scripture that that dead man was this woman's only son. That's horrific. So that was the only son that she had. Now listen to this. And she was a widow, meaning that her husband was dead. So now no husband and no son. In the days of the Bible, especially among the Hebrew people, that's devastating. And that's devastating in any culture, in any ethnicity, in any country, for a woman to lose her husband or for a husband to lose his wife or for a, a, a parent to lose their child. It's horrific. And so that's what happened to this widow. She lost her only son. And, and as Jesus was looking at the whole situation, the Bible says, his heart went out to her, meaning he was filled with compassion for this woman. And here goes God come in the flesh and on earth, and he is so moved by compassion and with compassion that he says to her, don't cry. Who is telling this woman not to cry? The very God who created her. 
the very God who flung the stars into the sky, the very God who said, let there be light, and there was light. Because the Bible tells us in John chapter 1 that nothing was created without him. So here goes the creator God, now come to the earth, fully God, fully man. And he's taking the time to stop. When he sees the situation that this woman is in, and he's moved with compassion, and he tells her, don't cry. And, of course, we know, as we just read, that he automatically just went up to where that coffin was, and he touched the bear. He touched the, 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 the flat plane that they had the coffin on. And he said, young man, I say to you, get up. Now, of course, he was talking to a corpse. He was talking to somebody that was already dead and now being, you know, taken out by his pallbearers. He's talking to a dead man, but he says, young man, I say to you, get up. Now, when God tells you to do something, you need to do it. Amen. When God tells me to do something, I should be doing it. And so that man, the Bible says in verse 15 of Luke chapter 7, that the dead man sat up. Well, of course, when he sat up, he was not, no longer dead. Now he was alive, and he began to talk. So now we see that the dead man is sitting up, no longer dead, begins to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. He gave a live man back to his mother. Remember, when the story starts out, he was dead as dead could be. But now when Jesus comes into the picture, everything changes. And I want to tell you this prophetically. When Jesus comes into your picture, when Jesus comes into your life circumstance, things automatically begin to change. Now, is God going around raising all the dead people? No, he's not. And so it is not your job and it's not my job to go to the cemetery and start raising up dead people. That's not what the scripture is all about. It has nothing to do with that. It's a story that really took place. And Jesus was moved with compassion, and because he is God, he has the power to raise up someone from the dead. That's what Jesus does, because he's a miracle worker. And he, he thought it was a, a good thing for this widow to get back her son. The Bible tells us that the people that saw what God did, they said he was a, a great prophet and that a great prophet was among them. But, but really, it was that God was literally, physically among them. And most of the people did not have a clue. This news, I repeat in verse 17, the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. Why did this happen? Because God is a miracle worker. He enjoys doing the surprising. And that what you and I cannot explain by nature or through any kind of natural means, he enjoys doing the extraordinary. 
when the extraordinary needs to get done. Remember that. And so that was a supernatural miracle. My goodness, can you imagine? No wonder the news about Jesus spread. Who else does this? Who else moves like this? Only Jesus. Provisional miracles. Uh, You know, we're going to be in times, many of us that are listening to this broadcast, we're going to face some time, I don't know when, I'm not telling you, you know, months, days, hours, I'm not telling you that, but I'm hearing about a shortage of food in my nation that is creeping in and becoming more of a reality, a shortage of food, and certainly there are nations around the world that also are having difficulty getting sufficient food. I want to share with you a story that the miracle worker did for the prophet of God by the name of Elijah. I'm going to read to you from 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 2 through 5. Again, 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 2 through 5. And it goes like this. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook. And I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Wow. I just read that from the first book of Kings in the Old Testament, chapter 17, verses 2 through 5. I love that. Again, this is the kind of God that we serve. He is the only true and living God. There is no other God. There is no other God. There's only one God. And this this wonderful God is being spoken of here in 1 Kings. This is what God does. Here goes his prophet, the man of God, the mighty man of God. But he's in a position right now where he needs to be fed. Otherwise, he's going to go hungry. Otherwise, He's going to starve. But the Lord had a plan, and he worked his plan. He told Elijah, I want you to leave from where you are. Leave here. Turn eastward. Hide in Kareth Ravine. I believe that was the time that the, the Jezebel, Jezebel was looking to kill him. But God was going to take care of him and did take care of him. You just drink from this brook, and I, talking about God, speaking about himself, I have directed the ravens to supply you with food. Whoa. This is God. I can tell you of situations with me personally. I did not have God send a raven to send me food. But I know what it is to be in lack of things that I really, really, really need. Like, for instance, food is something that people need. 
unless they're fasting for a short portion of time, then they have to have some kind of physical sustenance. They have to have food to keep them going. It's like putting in gas in a car. And so God knows our needs. I just want you to know that. God knows your need. And he will do what you need to get done. If you're hungry, you need to cry out to the Lord and say, Lord God, if you have a family, if you're a mother, if you're a father, if you're a child, and for some reason you have no food to eat, cry out to God, Lord, you see my circumstance, you see my situation, there's no food here. And God can not only send ravens, he can send people to secretively even drop something by your door. It has happened so many times before. I don't know what way God's going to meet your need. I have no idea. And because he used a raven to feed the prophet Elijah, that does not guarantee or or in any way suggest that he's going to use a bird to feed you. However, I read this story so that you can understand and I can be reminded that God is a miracle worker. He works miracles. It is a miracle for a bird, a raven, to be used of God and to feed the man of God. He didn't just feed, the raven did not just feed Elijah in the morning, but he came back in the evening and fed him again. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And we know that God had already told Elijah to go to the, um, the brook and drink. Wow. So this is our great compassionate God. And I want you to think, what do you stand in need of? I, I'm not talking about, oh, I, I saw that, that beautiful dress. In, in, in the dress store and, you know, I don't even know where I would wear it, but I just really like it. I just really want it. You know, I just really want this. I'm not talking about presenting a, you know, a Santa Claus list and, and, and put all of the things that you would like, put it on a, on a list and then give it to God and God is going to be, you know, magically getting you everything on that list. That's not reality. That's just not how it works. God is holy. God is just, and, and, and he knows what you and I stand in need of. He knew that the prophet Elijah, in order to continue to live and to be strengthened, that he needed to be fed and he needed to have water to drink. So what did he do? God sent a raven. And let me tell you something. God will send whoever you need to meet your needs. In this case, God used a raven because he's a miracle worker. And don't forget, he is the creator God. He is the one who created ravens. He created birds. Just like he created you, he created me. We're all a part of the great creation of God. The only thing difference with human beings, which is a vast, great difference, is that you and I were actually fashioned and created after his image and his likeness. Wow. That's deep. 
that's deep. And so that that definitely differentiates us from all the animals and anybody else. We're made after the image and likeness of God. And we need to be remembering of this. And God who made us knows us intimately. There is nothing about us that God does not know. He knows it all. He knows it all. But again, here goes another example. I gave you one example before about how Jesus stopped on his trip and and raised that widow's dead son up to life again and then returned the son to his mother. Can you imagine the joy that took place in this woman's heart? I cannot imagine, but I'm sure it was phenomenal. This is the kind of God he is caring. Then he's a God that provides even our regular sustenance, our regular food. When there is no food, there's no food in the cupboard, there's no food in the refrigerator. So, so what happens? You trust God. That's what you do because he's a miracle worker. He's a miracle worker. That's who he is. And look at if he can use a raven to feed his prophet, how much will he raise someone up to bless you in the time of your need? He's a miracle worker. Be encouraged. Then let's talk about the healing miracles. I'm going to read from Mark chapter 1, verse 30 to 31. Simon's mother-in-law, we're talking about the apostle Peter. His other name was Simon. So Simon's mother-in-law, so that lets us know that Peter, contrary to what one denomination thinks, that, you know, he was never married. You know, Peter was, you know, uh, you know, big in the, the church and he was never married. No, Peter was married. Peter was married. Peter had a mother-in-law. So if he had a mother-in-law, he was married. And he was in bed with a fever, Mark chapter 1, verses 30 to 31. Simon had a mother-in-law that had a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about it because Jesus came to Simon's home. Jesus hung around with three, three main people out of all the 12 of his disciples. He was closest to three, Peter, James, and John. Those are the closest that he was to of all his disciples, all his 12 disciples. So the Bible says that Jesus went to her. So don't forget he was in Peter's home. He went to Peter's mother-in-law. He took her hand. He helped her up. Because remember, she was in a bed with fever. They told Jesus. Jesus goes over to her takes her by the hand, helps her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them, meaning that she began to serve them, maybe cool water or whatever. If they needed their sandals to be dusted or whatever, I don't know. But the Bible says that the fever left her, and she began to wait on Jesus and his disciples. What a story. Again, clearly depicts the heart of God that he knows what you're going through, that he wants to bless you, he wants to help you, he wants to, you know, 
do what needs to get done for you. He is a miracle worker, trusted to do the impossible if that's what you need in your life right now. Also, Jesus has the power to cast out demons. And I tell you factually, the world right now is filled with demonic activity. But Jesus has the power to cast out demons, and he did so. I'm going to read you another portion of scripture also from the book of Luke. And, you know, it's Luke, meaning the gospels of Luke, meaning the good news. Gospel means good news of the gospel. Amen. So the miraculous power Jesus has enables him to cast out demons. I'm going to read Luke 4, verses 31 through 37. Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath he taught the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. In the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, go away. What do you want with us? Jesus of Nazareth, have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, what words these are. With authority and power, he gives orders to impure spirits and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. So we see in these passages of scriptures that we've read so far that Jesus is the miracle worker. He uses his miraculous power in this instance to cast out demons, dirty spirits, wrong spirits. And, and, and once Jesus comes into the picture, all of those evil spirits, they got to go. They have to leave because God is there. Amen. And so, I want to talk to you a little bit more about some other things that Jesus did. He's done so many miracles that were uh, described in the Word of God, the Holy Bible. But, um, and, and even when you read uh, in one of the Gospels, I think it was near the end of, of the book of, of Matthew, it says clearly that the writer of the Gospel does not have the space or the time to share all of the miraculous things that Jesus did. But he did them, and that's a fact. I want to talk about how he miraculously fed 5,000 people. Again, the same way that he fed the prophet Elijah through a raven, a bird, bringing food to him is the way that God's going to supply for your need if your family is hungry. God has a way. I can't tell you how he's going to do it, but I can promise you that if you put your faith and trust in him, he's not going to leave you there, you know, just hungry. He's going to provide. He's going to cause something to happen so that you get food. This is the God that we serve. Awesome God. Nobody's like him. Amazing God. Amazing God. But then we see another time. 
that the people were following the Lord Jesus. You know, people love to follow when they see the miraculous take place, of course. Who wouldn't want to follow? And here goes, the Bible talks about there were 5,000 people with five, Jesus said, I should say, more than 5,000 people. Jesus said, I'm going to say it again, Jesus said more than 5,000 people with, with five loaves of bread and just two fish. This is as real as it gets. This is as real as it gets. The Bible says that, I'm, I'm reading from Matthew chapter 14 in, in verse 15 to 21. That evening the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. But they replied, but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. Jesus said, bring them here. Bring me those five loaves of bread and these two fish. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up towards heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples, who distributed it to the people. They all ate. How many people ate? 5,000 people. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day. And I'm thinking if it says 5,000 men were fed, most likely those men had women with them, their wives, and perhaps their children. So, wow, if 5,000 men were fed, I'm sure there were more people than 5,000. And not only was, was, was Jesus able to feed the multitude, but he had leftovers. He had 12 baskets of food that were leftovers. Hmm. Wow. Remember, that's 5,000 men. Hmm. 5,000 men. My, 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 my. And that's in addition to the women and the children. They were fed. That's a miracle. You don't take five loaves of bread in anybody's dimension or anybody's measuring table. You don't take five loaves of bread, two fish, and feed 5,000 people. You can't even feed Hardly a hundred people with five loaves of bread and two fish. But again, with God, all things are possible. So we read that Jesus did the very thing. Jesus said all of those people with just five loaves and two fish. That tells us about who God is, that there's nothing too difficult, there's nothing too hard for him. He is a miracle worker. Miracle worker. I just shared with you just a few stories. I, I can tell you of times that 
God did things for me where I know that was a miracle. There was no way in the natural that that thing that I had before the Lord that I was praying about and, and asking God to please bring it to pass. There was no way that in the natural that could have been brought to pass. But in the supernatural, God can do things. Look, we've had special outreaches out in the street. And it was threatening to thunderstorm, threatening to rain. Everything is already set up for the meeting where we can tell more people about the love of Jesus. And they would hear wonderful worship. And they would hear the people singing the wonderful songs in praise and adoration to our King Jesus. But but sometimes when we plan these special, you know, events outside, then all of a sudden a thunderstorm is 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 is, is you know threatening. All of a sudden we're hearing from the forecast, the weather forecast, oh well, this afternoon there's going to be a hundred percent rain and there might be five inch flood and and we're praying, dear Lord, uh we we went through all of this just to exalt the name of Jesus to spread your your fame all over. We want people to know that you love them, that you have a plan for their lives, that they don't have to live the way they're living. They can live a better life because of Christ. When he comes in them by the power of his Holy Spirit, things begin to change radically. So I remember having a, a special street meeting and then the, the, the forecast was it's going to be thundering, it's going to be rain, it's going to be horrific, it's going to be horrible, everybody will be drenched. And I just simply said, Lord Jesus, please hold back the rain until after the special meeting and we can put away the chairs, we can put away the speakers, we can put away the amplifiers, we can put away everything that needs to be put away. But God, please let us have our meeting. And sure enough, and this has happened more than one time, all of a sudden, God just broke that sky and there was no rain. There was just dry land, dry footing. And, and guess what? We had our event without rain. Of course, while we're packing up now to leave, the rain begins to fall. But what I'm saying is, that if we would dare to believe God as the miracle-working God that he is, we will see miracles. I remember that Jesus told the sister of Lazarus, he told Martha, if you only believe, John chapter 11, if you only believe, you're going to see the goodness of God. You're going to see the glory of the Lord be revealed. And sure enough, what happened? Her brother was raised from the dead. Jesus, all he did, he didn't even go in the tomb. He said it from the outside to a, a man that had been dead for four days. Lazarus, come forth. That's all he said. That's all he said. So if you and I would believe the miracle worker, miracles would take place in your life. That doesn't mean that your loved ones will never die. It doesn't mean that, you know, you know, you can be eating, you know, 20 American dollar steaks every day 
and God will keep providing that. That's that's not you don't need a miracle. You need to watch your diet and you need not to be that greedy if you want so many steaks so many times in a week. But when we need something, we really need something, and there's no way in the natural that that need can be met, then you need to cry out to the miracle worker. You need to cry out to God. I've cried out to him time and time again. I remember that I was taking my daughter out of a particular country, and I was told by one of the leading officials, I, I was told more than, by more than one person, and they all were very, very, you know, they had very great high-up positions. And I was told there's no way that you, that, that, that our nation would allow you to take her out of this country. And guess what? She was taken out of the country, and I didn't hide her. God intervened, and he worked miracles so that what would not have taken place in the natural, God did it in the supernatural, and I have my child today. That was over 22 years ago. God is a miracle-working God. That's who he is, a miracle working God. We're going to have to move in the miraculous in the coming weeks and months and maybe one or two years that are coming up. You and I, if we love Jesus, we're going to have to believe him to work miracles in our lives. And just think about it. The most miraculous thing that has happened to a believer a believing woman or a believing man of God is to have your life, my life, totally transformed by the power of God. Totally transformed. I've seen God totally change people. I mean, from from like dark to light, completely. From death to life, completely. People that were mentally deranged and now with not a single mental issue at all. Why? Because God has given them the mind of Christ. I I remember one time someone pointed out an MC to me, somebody who was a master of ceremonies at a particular event where we were all at a banquet, and someone pointed out, you see that man right there? I shared the gospel with him. He used to eat out of the garbage in the street. I tell you honestly, I had to take a second look at that man that was the MC for that evening, the master of ceremonies. I, in the natural, I would never believe that that man used to be a person that was out in the street homeless and taking food out of the garbage dump. The man looked 100% wonderful, intelligent, clean, strong, three-piece suit, well-spoken, clear-headed, He looked upright, 
handsome-looking man. But then I heard that before he used to be a bum, basically, taking garbage out of the big garbage can in the street that everybody dumps garbage in. What? That's a miracle. God works miracles in people's lives when they give their lives over to him. When they realize, you know what? I don't have the answers. I need the miracle worker to come and work a miracle in my life. And you don't have to be somebody that eats garbage out of a garbage dump. You can be the person with the three-piece suit. You can be the person that can own the company. You can be the CEO. You can be, you know, very wealthy, very well-dressed, very well-spoken, very well-educated, uh, very well provided for, nice home, nice everything. But inside, you know you're empty. And all of those nice possessions that you have, they don't satisfy. They're never enough. And that's because you need an encounter with the miracle worker. All of us, outside of Christ, we are lacking. The Bible says that we were dead in our trespasses and our sins, meaning we were like slaves that were in bondage to the enemy, meaning the devil. And we were just doing whatever he wanted us to do. And so, of course, you know, if we don't have a relationship with the person who made us, we're going to feel lost. We're going to feel like, wow, there's really something missing, and I don't know what it is because I have this, I have the next thing, I own this, I have this, I have all these people that are working under me, you know, I have this. But yet, if you don't have Christ, you don't have the main thing that you need. The main person you need is Jesus. You need a relationship with him, and he is a miracle worker. I could tell you story after story after story story with the doctors told some particular individual, and I'm thinking about that person right now. You have three months to live. And yet that person lived 20 years past those three months. Well, how did that happen? Because God is a miracle worker. That's why. And he worked a miracle in their life. Oh, my goodness. We're going to continue to talk about God and the awesome God that he is, he's waymaker, miracle worker. And next Sunday, same time, same place, we're going to talk about him being a promise keeper. He keeps his promises to his people. There were more miracles. I mean, Jesus has done so many miracles. I just shared just of a very, 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 very few with you tonight to show you that, you know, when you have a connection, when you have a relationship, a good relationship with the Lord Jesus, if you need a supernatural miracle, if you need a provisional miracle, if you need a healing miracle, if you, you know, are suffering or you know a loved one, a neighbor, a friend, a family member that is suffering with demons, those demons can be cast out of that individual. 
that stronghold can be broken and that person can be totally new and set free. But what is it going to take? It's going to take the miracle worker. (laughs) It's going to take Jesus coming into that situation because when he comes in, he does, as the Oxford Dictionary has told us, a surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws. (laughs) It is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. Well, God, the Lord Jesus, he's a divine agent, and he works miracles, and nothing is too hard for our God. Nothing. Well, you can say, well, you know what, Sister Pearl, that was okay, you know, back in the Bible days, you know, when when that the, the, the word of God was written how many, you know, hundreds of years ago, it was translated into English into other languages, but it was written a couple of thousands of years ago. And well, 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 you know, that was good for them, but, you know. None of that's happening now. No, you're very much mistaken if you think none of that is happening now. Because God moves by his spirit. His spirit is still here. His Holy Spirit is still on planet Earth. And those people that are belonging to him and love him, serve him, and believe him, they're still experiencing miracles today. I'm still experiencing miracles. I just got a miracle. I just got a miracle just a few days ago. That happened to have been a financial miracle where a debt was paid that in the natural that would not have been paid, but now it's paid. That's the, the, look, I take it as the miracle hand of God. I believe God for miracles. He's a miracle worker. Let him do miracles in your life. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus for every man, woman, boy, and girl listening to the sound of my voice. God, you know them. You knew them before they were created in their mother's womb. You know the miracle that they stand in need of. Give them the faith to cry out to you and believe you and thank you in faith for moving in that situation miraculously for your honor, for your glory, and to bless your child. Do it again. I know you will. I know you want to, and I definitely know you can. Until next time, this is your Sister Pearl in the Word with Sister Pearl. God bless you. And again, we welcome the nations of Yemen, Jordan, and Estonia. Please continue to listen in next week to Reaching Out Radio International in the Word with your Sister Pearl. God bless you real good. I love you, but God loves you so much more. Bye-bye.